It's on. <laughs> it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Tell them, tell them commercial uh, machine. Um, how about this? Tell them this. You know what? You know what we did? What? 30 days of free coaching. From Mind Pump. 30 days. We've had so free. many people sign yeah. up for it. It's awesome. It's you- over. You guys know, do you guys understand that it's over 90 hours worth of fucking content that was yeah. put into this for free, free. yeah, yeah. No, all, you free. Gotta, all you gotta do is no, go to my trying to will, hook you up you will not back. find anybody giving away that much free content and information it took over 90 hours just to build out the content for each one of the topics that gets delivered to you every single day if you go to mindpumpmedia.com log in you'll sign up you'll get an email every single day coached Mind Pump Media. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Wait a second. Wait a second. The air is different. Wait a second. There's a mosquito in here. <laughs> wait, wait. No, there's, there's two. and it bit my ass. And one's fucking the other one. What, is, what does it sound like when mosquitoes fuck? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you to do it. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what it sounds In reality, like. when a mosquito, a mosquito <sighs> bites you, isn't it kind of fucking you a little bit? Ooh. It is. It puts it in. Ooh. It's injecting in you. It puts it in. I don't in. want to think about that. Doesn't a, a mosquito gets to do that? And it leaves you with herpes. Isn't a mosquito just like a, a bee? It does that one time, then it's done, right? Or does it? Get, what? No, it's, no, that's its food. You know, a bee, a bee stings you. Yeah, it's done. That. I know yeah, that. A bee yeah. stings you. He's no, fucking. Bee, that's it's it's done, bro. You're There's done. a difference between so a bee does it for self defense. A mosquito eats that way. It sucks yeah. your blood out. Yeah, so why would it? Why sucks your blood out that it dies? That's it, dude. That's a horrible. That's a horrible evolutionary process. Yeah. God made a mosquito. He's like, well, oh, like the fruit flyer. Right? And it's, but it's only long. a bee, though, right? Because does a wasp, does a wasp and a bumblebee die after they sting you? No, no, they don't. Right? Wasp, just, that's why I fucking hate wasps. Wasp will fuck you up. Right? They'll They're sting assholes. you, come back, sting you again, go get a friend, then have your friend sting you. Have you ever seen videos? Uh, it's uh, a gangbang of, of wasp. Have you? I've never Whoa. seen that. But have you ever seen a video? Oh, that of sounds like <laughs> how bees uh, fight wasps. Did you guys know they're mortal enemies? Yeah. Did you know that, Adam? I love. No, you know what? And I'm on Team B all day. Oh yeah. Fuck wasps. They so they don't so they hate each other, right? They're like they're like yeah. rival gangs. And when a wasp, because what the wasp will do is, well, they'll go in and they'll kill the bees and take their honey. Yeah. They are nature's assholes. So so what they'll do is, if a wasp shows up, the bees know he can't. If he leaves, they're fucked because he's going to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they go on the wasp and they pile on top of him and create this massive pile of bees and they move so rapidly that they actually overheat the wasp and kill it like that. Oh, that's gangster. It is. A, and meanwhile, the wasp is just killing bees left and right, but they yeah. sacrifice themselves. Yeah. They sacrifice they're themselves soldiers. for the queen. That's it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they produce. They make honey, dude. What the fuck does a wasp do? I don't know it what just they do. irritates everybody. It just piss people off. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't do shit. I've been stung so many times. By dude. a wasp? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. All yellow you jackets haven't? and wasps. I've never been stung well, by Well, you know a wasp. why? Because you're country boy. You grew up in the yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, and I've messed with them, too. So it's not all like one-sided. Right. That, <laughs> yeah. I fucking blew up, you know, some of them with, you know. Uh, firecrackers and gasoline and you know oh, well you deserve I, it fuck I, those things I've uh I, we used to have a scorpion problem in uh, where I grew up and rock I, me like a hurricane <laughs> here I am yeah. sorry yeah. awesome that it's sounds not, like a scorpion problem yeah <laughs> 
Is is rock me like a hurricane? That's yeah. not scorpion. That's is scorpions. It? Is it? Come on, come on, come on! Yeah, that was yeah. a good. That was a good was one. A good then. reference. Good job there. Good job, buddy. Hey, I, mean, I get one every once in a while. So you had a scorpion problem at your yeah? Place? No, I remember. God, I'll never forget. Uh, my dad telling me the first time he got one, he got it. Uh, what it was in? It got embedded in his his towel that was hanging up, and and he got done showering, oh. and a scorpion was just chilling on his chest. Oh, right man. afterwards, you hear my dad scream like a girl from inside. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, what's going on in there? And there's a scorpion right on his chest. Did it sting I him? climbed into bed and laid on one in bed. Did it sting you? Yeah, it stings. But it's like a bee sting. It's about the same thing. It's I little, thought they killed you. Little pincher arms. No, yeah. there's well, there's poisonous ones. But this one wasn't poisonous. These, no, these are. I don't. I think that's they're, only. They're pretty creepy. That's in like other countries, not here. God, scorpions are like spiders. Maybe actually in Texas. I think no, Texas might have some. No, you know what? Arizona, ones. they have the or ones that are yeah. like yeah. When you go at night, they glow if you shine like lights on them. Uh, they're 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 transparent. I I think they live uh, um they live in those uh, palm trees. I love when we talk about stuff we don't so know. So they just much fall on your head. <laughs> you just, you know Google it, motherfucker. So you know what's funny? The the fact that I said about bees fighting wasps. I think it's true. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure it is. Yeah. You said it confidently. I'm pretty sure it's true. I believe it. I could be completely you wrong. Know, you know, the beauty about this show now, the size it is now, it never fails. You know what? Somebody will correct us. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody oh, will no. say, I think we. I think it's They'll pretty, be fascinated that we're right in the way that we delivered it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that That was They're completely like, accurate, but nice I sound like I Nice delivery, what I'm about. Sal. Absolutely wrong, yeah, Incorrect. Yeah, absolutely go. wrong. Yeah. So anyway, listen, you're about to hear us talk to Arya Safai. Uh, great guy. He's a all, lifetime natural IFBB pro physique competitor on the Olympia stage. He competes at a very high level. Adam, how rare is it for someone to compete at that high of a level to be natural, by the way? Uh, yeah. on it, to be completely honest, up until him... I didn't believe that anybody was. Okay. Wow. It's that rare. And on the Olympia stage, I know there's about three other guys that claim it. I know two of the three for sure are not. Mm-hmm. And then a, most of them just avoid talking about it or like semi deny it. Bottom line is, it's a majority of everybody that competes at that level is, especially if they're, if you made it to IFBB and you're all natural, you're the fucking ill nana. I believe that. Aria was what uh, men's physique was created originally for. His, he's got that class. He's got the look that they're looking for. Well, and I believe right? that the the purpose was because you know they they were smart, right? Uh, IFBB MPC was smart. They saw the direction of where bodybuilding was getting so out of control that people went, um, "That's just not realistic for me." And nor do most people want to look at it. Now, that's not to say some people don't, and I'm not knocking anybody that does because fuck yeah, if it's your goals, go after, get it, man, be a monster, but. Most people could not relate to that, and most people were like, I don't have the time to get that big. So when men's physique came around, I think the idea of men's physique was, hey, we want to we see what the elite of elite guys look like if you were natural and you actually dieted and trained your ass off, but you still had a life, you know what I'm saying? But and it progressed very quickly. It did. And these guys are looking real huge and muscular, but you know, Arya's got this real, because uh, you, you're the one that showed me him on Instagram mm-hmm. the first time, and- He's got a very um, aesthetic, symmetrical uh, physique. He comes in crazy condition when he competes. And we talked to him about all the stuff. We talked to him about nutrition. We talked to him about exercise. He's actually modified his training um, pretty significantly since listening to Mind Pump. He's actually a Mind Pump fan. And he's noticed some changes in his body and his strength as he's prepping uh, for a competition coming up, which is, I believe, in Culver City. Is that where he'll be competing? So. 
Without any further ado, here we are talking to Aria Safai. Oh, by the way, you can find him on Instagram at Aria underscore IFBB Pro. I want to get back to Aria talking about, uh, you know, your your experience competing and stuff. When when did you first like get the bug that this was men's physique? I want to get into this. Like, when did that start for you? Yeah, man. Well, uh, for me, it was funny because my brother, um, which I didn't mention you guys earlier, he's also an IFBB pro. Um, oh, shit, I didn't know that. I think we're the only two brothers in the IFB, in men's physique at least. Oh, wow. Mm, that's um, cool. So he did it, and to be honest, man, when I was in my 20s, I always had a you know, good physique, but I I lived in like Hermosa Beach, and I had my time having fun. wasn't really too dialed on the diet stuff, drinking alcohol here and there. And one day I was like, you know what, dude, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to do a show one day and see what happens. So one day I just snapped, and... Um, I was like six and a half weeks from this one show and I didn't even know anything about it. Like, um, tell me where this is at in this, like the era of men's physique. Is this like right this, when it first started, like Steve Cook's starting uh, it, all those guys? It was a little bit after that, 2013. Okay. I think things kind of started picking up 2012. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really even 2013 was early. Oh, for sure. So I was like, it, to me, I was like, you know, I'm going to turn 30 and my goal was to create the best body I've ever had when I'm 30. Kind of mm-hmm. take away the 30 out of 30. Like if I can look good at that age, then... You know, I'm doing well. doesn't make 30 sound so bad. So that was kind of what I was going to do. And I was like, you know, let me just do a show. It was like six and a half weeks. Never knew nothing about a show, no coach or nothing. I just knew what I knew. And um, ended up uh, dieting down. And I saw myself get leaner than I've ever got in my life. I was like, shit. So I did the first show. It was MPC. Didn't even know what that meant. I was like, all right, it's the closest one in my house. My brother did it. It was just, let's do it. And I ended up getting first. Oh, wow. First show. I was like, shit, first show. This is kind of cool. I like this, you know? So then um, I ended up going against uh, Jeremy for the uh, Bodina for the uh, overall. But um, Oh, wow. And I didn't know shit, man. I remember the guy that told me to my back pose. He said literally like just – he was like a bodybuilder, old bodybuilder. And he's at the day of the show, he's like, don't pose at all. Just literally stand there and like almost slouch. And I was like, are you sure? I want to like, open my wings a little bit. He's like, don't do anything at all. They're going to knock you down. I was like, all right. So I just did that, but it was good enough to win my class, but not take the overall. But either way, Jeremy looks sick, so I'm not saying I would have, but mm-hmm. I look at my posing of that video now, I'm like, God, what the hell was I doing? I, my very first show, I fucked up and, and actually retracted and squeezed, and everybody went, oh, you heard, you heard like, yeah. everybody was there supporting me, and you're like, ah, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there were so much weirder back then about it, you know? It's like, you couldn't get away with much. Now you see a lot more going on, mm-hmm. and it's okay, but... Uh, back then, it was more basic, hand in the waist, waist, and that's pretty much it. So, yeah, I got first there, and I was like, dude, I got the bug. I want to get the overall sword. So, two months later, I did another show, and I ended up taking first and the overall. And so, I was like, wow. fucking hey, this is so far so good. And then a week later was the uh, USA's for the championship. I do, and Again, I knew nothing about this. I'm super novice, don't know anything and um which at that level people that don't know this that's like the fucking the 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 main event you know what i'm saying it it doesn't doesn't get bigger than that as far as like uh you know notoriety going through the usa's for sure yeah and i didn't even realize that and the lady's interviewing me she's like dude this is the prestigious la championships you just won the overall you got first in your last show you're gonna do the the next uh, um like the the usa championship next week like people that get first here they tend to go and come pro and I was like, I don't even know. Maybe, you know, maybe I will. She's like, come on, what are you talking about? Maybe like, you got to do it. I was like, yeah. And I was being interviewed, but I remember I was considering going, but I would have to call out sick at my work. I was a manager of a bank at the time. I was like, oh, just in case they're listening, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> That's literally what I was thinking. About. <laughs> and then I ended up doing a fuck, you know, fuck that. I'm calling out sick, dude. So called out sick, went to Vegas, 
got dead center, got first place again. Wow. Three shows, three months. I was a pro. I was like, wow. I was like, wow. That has to be one of the fastest ever. It, it was up there from what I heard. But, you know, I recently did a post on my Instagram. I was like talking about that. I was like, you know, I've been training since I was 15. Um, I've been doing this shit my whole life. So I stepped on stage and I got pro car in three months. But there was, there was a shitload of work going on behind that, you know. In high school, um, I you know, started lifting weights hardcore when I was like 15, but I was doing push-ups and sit-ups since I was a kid. My dad had a, my dad had 14 kids. He had all of us like soldiers. I mean, wait, wait how many? 14. What? Yeah. yeah. So you have 13 siblings? Yeah. For, Where what are you? Number are you? I, yeah. I'm the youngest son. There's uh, nine girls, five boys. I mean, he had four different women, you know, he's a Middle Eastern guy. So, you know, they do their thing. I'm a little bit more, you know, Americanized, but you know, when I was growing up, I was like, I don't know, a bunch of fucking kids. I guess this is this is life. I don't know, you know. So, uh, but we were all like, it was like a clan. I mean, so we'd have to run six days a week straight the fuck up, like everything. He has a, you know, equipment in his garage. I was doing push-ups, pull-ups. I remember one time I was like six or seven. We'd run at least like four miles to four to six miles every day, oh, wow. and um, it was like twelve in the morning, uh, two in the morning. We didn't go running that day because he had to go do something. But he told us, make sure you run. We didn't run for whatever reason. I don't remember, but I remember he got home around one and two in the morning. I had to wake up to go to second grade, like you know, at seven a.m. to wake up to go to school. Found out we didn't run. Woke us all up. He's like, "Go fucking run," you know. So four in the morning, I remember going to the high school. I had to go run fucking the four miles. But dude, I was digging it. I was a kid. I loved this shit. I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it," you know. So I had to go run sixteen laps around the track. Come home, go to sleep, wake up, go to school. You know. Now did that? Now it obviously affected you positively. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Did it affect any of your siblings negatively? Um, or is everybody like you? Not, I mean, a lot. My whole family, like, if you look, we're all we're all pretty pretty in good shape. We love fitness is our life. One of my brothers kind of hated it for a bit, uh, but he he's now in the best shape of his life. Um, everybody's you know an athlete for the most part. Especially wow. my mom, my mom and my dad had five kids, and those are the ones that all live in L.A. We, we take it very serious. Mm. Um, my brother's almost a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He trains with Anderson Silva at his at his uh, facility there. Um, my sister, she does jujitsu. She's super into fitness. I mean, my whole family is is pretty much all about fitness, and um, it just makes it easy. It's just what we do. So when I got into uh, like high school, as I was, I was saying, I I started benching, and I just took off, man. I mean, I was 120 pounds benching uh, 135 at the beginning of sophomore year, and by the time I was done with sophomore year, I was benching 235. At the end of junior year, I was benching 285. At the end of senior year. I wrestled at 140, and I benched 340 at high school. Whew. 17 years old, so I was just like, everyone since then, like, oh, you're on steroids, man. There's no way. I was like, dude, this is just what I've been doing forever. And just, you know, so I started getting into, you know, that forever. So once I started competing, it just really, um, it just kind of took off for me. And uh, that's kind of where I landed. And I always had these shoulder pain lingering in me, so... That kind of pushed me back a little bit, but so far I can't complain, man. If competing is well, a lot, well, of here's here's something that's crazy is, and part of why we were really excited to have you out here because you know I'm I'm a men's physique pro also, but I'm not natural, and you've been on the Olympia stage, and I know most of so probably about seventy five percent of the guys that have been on that stage, and uh, half of those guys I know like really well, so I, I'm and I could tell you that. 95, maybe 98% of those guys, none of them are natural, even the ones that claim they are. You're one of the the few that are actually natural and have made it that far. That's a huge fucking accomplishment. I yeah, mean, how was so. that? How did you? Well, why? Why yeah, did you Yeah, exactly. Decide? Like, how did you not? Like, for me, it wasn't even, like, for me, I knew that, 
I'm going to be competing against all these guys at this level that are going to be taking testosterone. I'm going to take testosterone. I already do not have the genetics to be in this goddamn sport. I don't belong. Yeah. I belong in a pool swimming somewhere. I right? thought you look great, by the way. Though. I yeah. saw your pictures, but thank yeah. you. Well, I, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, that was, you know, testosterone enhanced too. So, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't have my natural body type is this tall, lanky basketball player, swimmer. That's what I, I do well at that. But I, I also wanted to prove that you could shape and build the body to, you know, hang with even at the the, the elite uh, athletes out there in men's physique like sure, I did. Sure. But for you to do it and uh, do it completely natural is unreal. What what motivated you to do that? Well, I mean, I've always kind of been against it. Not morally, man. I'm not going to say I'm sitting here and I'm an angel and I haven't done, you know, certain share drugs here and there in my past. I've, it's just when I was younger... Like I was mentioning in high school, everybody thought I was on steroids. I mean, everybody. So I just kind of, I feel like, this is just me thinking, I feel like I developed more like, like, nah, fuck that, dude, I'm not. And I started almost getting a hate towards it. Mm. Not towards people that do it or Well, you don't want to prove them right. It was just like, yeah, it's, it's like, dude, I, I fucking, I don't do that. Straight up. I never did. And then you get so used to getting frustrated and combating it against these people that are kind of just ignorant because they didn't put any of the work in that you've done. And those are the guys that would be the ones to say it. You know what I mean? A lot of them. So I feel Which like is I, the irony, right? It's really the guys that take the steroids that give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's exactly. The, it's the kids that want to believe that they, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't. You can't. There's no way because they because I've been doing this for, for two years and I don't look nothing. <laughs> like, dude, two? Come on. You can't fucking do that, right? So I think that's what started it. And then I, I just... Um, I just started doing really well really quickly, right? I mean, not a lot of people, like you mentioned, just, you know, with three shows in three months, they turn pro. So I was like, dude, I'm doing fine without it. Um, and then I figured, you know what? I may never be the best in the world at this sport, meaning be the Mr. Olympia champ. But at the same time, if I can kind of have my own little angle and be natural and do as well as I can and kind of give hope to a lot of those guys, because I, I get messages every day from people like, man, you inspire me. You make me feel like this. You make me feel like that. So it feels good to do that. And and honestly, I wouldn't even know the first place to start. And after listening to some of the stuff you guys say, I know people can easily screw this body up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I don't even want to take the chance of that. You know, like, I don't want to. Now, what, well, do you, I mean, what do you think, though, about those? Okay, so, you know, the top five guys. And, and here you are, and I know you're getting ready to, uh, to get after a show and hopefully qualify for Olympia, then get on there again. In your head, do you feel like when you look at the top five that you even have the uh, possibility of cracking that top five, uh, knowing the the look that the judges are kind of going for on that stage? What's well, your thoughts on that? I feel like my symmetry and my condition is for sure spot on. Absolutely. Um, I don't think I have the weakness that I have is really just the fullness in the size. I mean... My back development's there. Every single like piece is there if you break it down piece by piece. I just need to get a little bigger. But it's like, you know, let's say I do start taking something and I still don't become top five or win. And then it's like, ah, what the fuck is all that for? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I feel like almost like, you know what, just keep riding your wave, keep doing you, keep kind of just paving the own, you know, pavement that you're on and and go that route. But, I mean. Well, the, well, other, just, th- the other thing to consider, too, is – is your goal just to win the uh, an Olympia, or is your goal to build a business around this? Mm. Because if it's to build a business, uh, it can be very marketable to always be natural. Well, yeah. fuck, it's the reason Absolutely. why you're on the show right now. Yeah. We, and I appreciate we, that. We, yeah. did, we didn't invite anybody else in the, in the Olympia that, oh, oh, down here. I mean, we've had Johnny, who's a good buddy of ours, and stuff like that, because we actually work together and are friends. But, uh, I mean, you're it, because I, we were looking for somebody like that that has, uh, that has honestly... 
uh, stayed with it like that. And I really believe that when men's physique first started, that your body type, your exact look where you're at is what they intended it to be like. Yeah. It's just evolved and got out of control just like bodybuilding has. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, don't you feel like it's following the exact same? Well, it's pretty wild because they have classic physique. Um, and a lot of the guys that are in men's physique don't fit the weight class for classic physique. Isn't that ironic? It's pretty wild. <laughs> they think I did they make an adjustment and I think they upped the classic physique weight to kind of help make it a little bit make more sense. But um, it is what it is, man. And I still feel like I got hope. I mean, for me, um, I had a couple of rough seasons. I had a shoulder injuries. I think I think this season is going to be the best package I've ever brought because it was the first time I, I was able to have a small off season, just a few months, but healthy. Every time I've ever took a break is because of an injury. I lost muscle, and then I just started dieting and competing back into it, and I was able to win two shows as a pro and qualify to two-time Olympia. Mm-hmm. This time, I feel like I'm going to do better, um, and I've made waves, and people respect me for what I'm doing. So right now, I'm happy, man. I mean, and there is some business aspects that I'm actually really pursuing. I've been working on something for a couple of years that is going to be launching fairly soon, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know just kind of building a base and, and you know putting myself out there, marketing myself the way I am. I think it's going to only help that. Now, are, you, are you sponsored by any supplement companies or anything like that? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, oh, I love that you said that. Oh, we don't even need to go any further. Well, yeah. no, no. On that, I do want you, I do want you to shed some light because it's something that I, I talk about. It's been a while since I've talked about this on the show. Um, is the misconception out there of you know once you become a pro and once you get on the that just the money comes in and that's you've now made it or you will it's, it'll be that easy you'll just you know get that big or you'll be that awesome of a Zeke and then you'll easily be able to build this business around it could you shed a little bit of light on our listeners what that process was like for you yeah it's definitely not like hell you're a pro now you're going to get money that's for sure right i mean you got to really you got to have so many more elements to yourself than just getting that pro card in order to really be able to make a business out of it. A, you either got to be a top, top guy, uh, but B, you got to have a good message too. Like, you know, certain followers, they read what you put. They know who you are. I mean, it depends what kind of business you want to look into. You want to be a successful online trainer, you better have good content. You can't just be a guy that looks good and, and, and placed well because there's a lot of guys that look good and placed well, but they don't really put it out to the, the online trainer or nothing like that. So there's that aspect. Um, but to really make a business out of this, man, I mean, you have to have a lot of brains, really. It's yeah, what is it What is it taught you? You know, what have you learned about yourself going through this process? For me, it's just uh, really about kind of building a brand with a direction that you feel that you can offer your own niche market. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to separate yourself. I mean, maybe back in the day when bodybuilding was, I mean, it's a lot harder to get a bodybuilding pro card, right? And if you win a bodybuilding show, it's probably easier to get endorsements that are going to be more financial prosperous for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think now that men's physique's there, I mean, they're they're handing them out a lot easier than they did bodybuilding pro mm-hmm. cards. And it's going to be more than just a pro card that's going to help you do that. You have to have a niche market. You have to have a solid business plan. You have to have direction. You have to make sure everything you do with your posts, with your you know, every aspect of what you're doing has to be going in that direction. You can't just think you're a pro and do a couple of shows and and expect money. It just will not happen. And, and social media has changed a lot of that. Like there's, there's fitness, you know, professionals who make a shit ton more money because they have a lot of followers on social media, but they don't ever really place very well, or maybe they even stop competing altogether. True. I mean, it's really changed the market uh, quite a bit. Whereas before you had to have your supplement sponsors and that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah, and supplement sponsors are cool, but 
Yeah, why don't you? No, they're not. Uh, fucking fine. Don't be fucking. I know no, you know. I know I mean, you fucking know. No, I mean, they're cool because like <laughs> he wants them to be nice because he wants to make sure if someone wants. To. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know, right. Yeah, yeah, you know. right. yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't want to make the same mistake Adam did. Talk shit about all of yeah. us. You're gonna offer <laughs> me a lot of money in the future. Farm. You're cool. No, <laughs> no, but um, it's just I don't know, man. I, to be honest, dude, I've, I've kind of had entertainment with that route somewhat, and I just I, I fucking hate the idea of posting a picture with me. Holding a bottle and some hand in my hand, a, a pill. Then, oh, I take this at night because it's like, ah, fuck. I just, you know, I've tried it before. Fuck that. I don't want to do that shit. Just not me. Mm-hmm. And I don't even believe in nine out of ten of supplements, man. Straight up. I was on a live Instagram video yesterday going through the supplements that I have. I was like, dude, like supplements are not the answer. Like straight up, it's not the answer. Like you guys said, more than anything, it's the programming, obviously the diet and the programming. And and people have it asked backwards. It's like. I, all the questions you get that I get about supplements, I'm, dude, it's like you go to the store, right, and, and you want to build a, a nice cake, okay? you got to get all the ingredients from the store, and you know you're going to need flour, you're going to need eggs, you're going to need chocolate, whatever you're going to do. And it's almost like people go into the store and say, hey, uh, where's the cherries? Because they want to put a fucking cherry on top. It's like, dude, <laughs> fucking focus on what the cake is. And yeah. The cherry comes at the end if you have all the cake ingredients down and they're, they're in the oven and they come out just right. Then we can maybe go get you a cherry you can place on top of it. That's the supplement. <laughs> Complete your and cake. some sprinkles. Yeah. Do you, you, have a, you have a job aside from this? Uh, I do. I work with my buddy. It's kind of part-time um, because right now I'm doing a lot of online training. It's really mm. been working out for oh, me. Oh, cool. Um, that's really what I've been doing a lot of. And, and, and that's the, the software that uh, I'm developing and doing for two years is going to be all based around online training. Oh, cool. But it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into it now, but... It's uh, not based for uh, myself. It's for trainers mm-hmm. to have all the tools they need to create and connect with their clients. Excellent. So I'm not going to be selling to clients to be trained. I'm going to sell. If you're a trainer, how do you do your business? If it's online with emails, it's like, yeah, that's difficult. I'm going to have a whole platform, tools to everything else. So that's where my bread and butter is, and I'm building towards that for two mm-hmm. years. I've, I've built you know, so much stuff and spreadsheets and all this stuff to give to my coder, and he's been working on it relentlessly. So... Um, so the entrepreneur route, that's the route I want to go because I mean, most people that are good trainers, you say, Oh, you're a good trainer. Okay. Now put it in an email format and make it to the point where the customer across the world can understand it, follow it and get results. And it's going to be not too good. A lot, a lot of trainers know how to do that. So I want to be basically to create a bridge to that gap to make it so damn easy. You can click from your phone, create diets, create programs, create schedules, edit them. When they do live um, workouts, you can see where they're at, see where they miss, get uh, an analysis things. So when you do your updates, all that stuff is going to be all dialed in. I'm about a month or two from launching it too, so it should be pretty cool. Excellent. And that's kind of where my heart is right now. Now, are, are you've been around the circuit longer than I have and around more guys than I have. Are there certain dudes that you've uh, connected with on the pro circuit that you really like or have hit it off or anybody that's rubbed you the wrong way during this your whole process? Rubbed the wrong way? Not really, man. Um, I kind of get along with everybody. Um, I've been there since since the earlier times. You know, the second the I was at the second Olympia. There's only 14 guys there. Um, I had I had a pretty cool uh, comeback story after my surgeries, and I think that gained a lot of respect from people. Um, there's a lot of people that don't think I'm natural, but there's a lot of people that do. And then when they saw my whole story, because I put I put it out there, man. When I don't look the best, I like to show people. So they can see my progress, see what it takes. I try to be descriptive in my in my comments, um, my captions, so they can read what I'm going through. I give a lot of free advice, and so far I've rubbed elbows with nobody the wrong way, man. I like I like and respect everybody. Um, that's the one thing about competing, which you would know, is is you get a lot of good uh, like 
Good culture. Yeah, it right is. away, man, because I may not know you and you may not know me, but... I know what you went through. We know what we went through. And for that, we got an immediate bond right there, you know? Let's talk about your injuries, because you it, it was hard for you. Was, I mean, we, we talked about for about five minutes before we got on air here, and you talked a little bit about what happened uh, with that. Let's, let's go into that. So you had shoulder surgeries. What was wrong with your shoulders? What was it like afterwards and the whole thing? Well, they started actually uh, right after uh, when I was getting my pro card. I remember working out backstage, even for the LA championships before that, and I was doing these uh, pump-up things. I was doing my shoulders hurting. It's hurting bad. This is in 2013. And um, it was just flaring up all the time. And then I was like, all right, well, I need a break, but USA's is next week, so I'll do it again. I was pumping up backstage that whole week. I had to go light, and it was hurting, so... After uh, I got my pro card, I had to take an immediate three, four months off. Went to the doctor. He's like, you crazy bursitis. You know, you got bone spurs that are just digging into your bursa, which is a little sack that kind of helps almost cushion your um, your rotator cuffs. And you need to take some time off, ice it. So I took a three, four months off. Lost, man, your, your muscle is not loyal. You turn around for a second, this shit just goes away, dude. And <laughs> Especially it, when that's you're a, natural. That's a, that's a great way. Yeah, right? That's a great way to say that. Yeah, so. dude. You fucking, you turn your back on your muscle and you turn back around and you're like, what the, where'd you go, dude? Like, it's <laughs> gone. I'm like, fuck. So you get all self-conscious, you know, still had an overall good body compared to regular people, but you wouldn't catch me with my shirt off or I didn't tank top anywhere, you know? So that was the first uh, problem, but I didn't get surgery. Um, but I used that post, you know, injury body to try to make a run for the 2014 Olympia. And I had a pretty hell of a transformation. Did the best I could. I had limited. I couldn't do any shoulder presses, incline hurt. I couldn't oh, go heavy. Wow. I was extremely limited, but I was able to pull it off and make it to the Olympia. And I, and I was you know, super happy with that. Wow. So after that, I was like, dude, there's no fucking way I can keep doing this. Um, went to the doctor again. And I said, you know, where am I headed? He's like, look, you don't necessarily need it, but you're pretty much headed toward the bone spurge you have in both your shoulders are going to eventually tear your rotator cuff. So you can either wait and or take it easy. And I was like, dude, you know us. We're not going to take it easy. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's get the surgery. So I scheduled it for uh, after my show. So the last like three, four months of prepping, training, I was in the gym knowing I'm getting surgery. And you know you have these bone spurs that are just digging into your rotator cuff and you have pain. It's like training is the hardest thing to do. I'm I'm under the bench. I'm like, you know, 275 or whatever I'm doing. I'm like, fuck, is it going to break now? It's going to snap now? I never knew. It was really mentally challenging. Major mind fuck. Major mind. You can't go your hardest because you're scared just because something's going to happen. So one week after my um, uh, second show in Sacramento, I ended up going on the surgery bed. And I remember I woke up and I was um, driving home. I videoed it. I even posted the video a long time ago. Just talking about this surgery starts, healing starts today. I was like, hopefully, you know, at the end of this day, at the end of this, I'll have a good story. We'll see. And then I started taking pictures almost every single day, watched my body dwindle, went to therapy, took about eight months off. And again, I was drinking, binging. I mean, I couldn't, I was telling you earlier, I could not believe the eating disorder because getting to the Olympia was about a year of prepping. After that, I, uh, cause I was doing all these shows and then I did two shows after the Olympia. So I almost died in for a year after that. I had to, um, basically go straight to surgery and I had no shows, no dieting, no shit. I didn't have to go to work. All my responsibility was gone. All I had to do was rest and eat, I get to eat whatever I want. <laughs> so for the first few days I was excited. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Eat this, eat that. You know, I was binge watching game of Thrones, catching up on all those things and <laughs> All these Breaking Bad. I was watching. Yeah, I was watching everything, man. So and just eating, 
And then like months would go by and, and, uh, I, I couldn't, I was so surprised on how the eating disorder, I, I want to call it, it, just wasn't going away. So you were aware of it as it was going on. You're like, what the fuck? Dude, I it, can't stop it. It was like fucking six months later. And I was telling you, I would go to bed at night, literally like planning the next morning. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get donuts. I'm going to go to season six of game or season <laughs> six of uh, this show. And I'm going to come back and I'll push pause. I'll go Mexican food. I mean, it, it was weird. This is the <laughs> night before in bed, literally thinking about that. <laughs> And I was like, dude, something's fucking wrong. This has been too long. Like, the craving should be gone after a week or two. Like, all right, I had my fun. Let me go back to some health. It was, it was, and I realized then and there, like, dude, you better get a grip on this shit. Otherwise, like, this is a life problem. Now, how was your emotional state during this period of time? It was shit, man. I mean, I've been a shit my whole life. And I, I, mean, I started getting, like, tits were starting to sag. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what? This is not me, you know? Mm-hmm. Body was going to shit. I was drinking alcohol, too. I mean, not like, you know, an alcoholic, but more than a... I should have been. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, because the pain was just lingering. It took, it was supposed to heal quick. The right one healed quick. The second one, it took like seven, eight months. I didn't work out for eight months, ate and drank like shit. My muscle was gone, dude. So uh, the shoulder injury just killed me. And then I remember thinking, all right, you know, I finally was starting to heal. And I started taking pictures. And the idea of taking pictures was like, one day I'm going to show every week of my progress. And I'm going to fucking make it back to that stage. I just was so goddamn driven, you know? If I was ever to be tempted to take some shit, it was around then because I looked like crap when I had a huge goal. I'm like, I just picture myself staring at the bottom of Mount Everest. Like, dude, do you know what it's going to take to get up there? Like, (laughs) this is fucking, this whole year is going to just be crazy. Uh, Social life, out the window. All my friends, out the window. Fights with my girlfriend, even. Not because... She was an amazing, she, my girlfriend is like, you know, she's definitely been the, the hugest supporter. She changed her life with me, never complained about things, but it's a boring life. I feel bad for her. We can't go out to eat. We can't do shit. Hey, what are you going to do? It's like, dude, you know what I'm doing next Thursday at 12. My <laughs> life is so goddamn dialed right now. There is no, like, we can't do anything, you know? So and I just worked my ass off every day, every day. And um, first show and I came back, um, I got fourth place. And I wasn't ready condition-wise. I was good enough to get fourth place. And right after I had, like, one day of binging, I started dieting for the next show three weeks later. And my condition just hit a new level I'd never been. And the second show, I ended up getting first place and qualifying for the Olympia. So for me, man, that was, like, yeah, it was emotional as hell, dude. Mm -hmm. Of course. What did that do for you as a trainer now, like, with your clients? Going through that process... Um, I've shared a little bit about when I fell out of shape and then went through it. Um, what was that like for you uh, as far as that, making you a, a trainer? And, and now, what did, what, did, what did you notice? I noticed a lot, man. Obviously, it's, it's you know the basic stuff, the consistency, the dedication, that all needs to be there. But um, there were so many phases where um, I was like, man, I'm in pretty good shape right now. And the main thing that can connect with people. And I shared a post with this was I took a picture when I was like seven weeks away, but I looked amazing already in my eyes and in most people's eyes. But a lot of people get to that point and then they, they kind of feel like this is where it ends, but you got to just keep digging. Like what's the answer? The answer. Yeah. There can be some manipulation, some refeed, certain things you do to kind of keep your metabolism ramped up. But the true answer is you got to just keep fucking digging. It will come. You'll get to the level you're looking for, but you cannot stop. You cannot stop, man. Like a lot of people get stuck at plateaus and they just throw the towel. And I had a few plateaus during that process. I mean, I had to come from a long way. And um, 
if when you keep digging, like it'll, it's going to happen. And that's one message that, you know, I drive home to a lot of people because it's huge. Now going through that process and being aware of how extreme or the, at least the effects of the extreme lifestyle of competing, right? Like being so regimented with your diet, knowing exactly, you know, how many grams of proteins, carbohydrates and fats you're eating and when you're eating and the kinds of foods you're eating and then shoulder surgery. Now I don't have to train for anything and I can't work out. And I, and you go way off the deep end, you go, you know, you go crazy. Like you said, with the, with the binging and you, you start to identify how both ends of the spectrum are, or, or did you, did you identify that both sides are eating disorders? One side yeah. is, is a disorder. The other side's the opposite end of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing too. Um, hundred uh, percent to answer your question directly, hundred percent. And that's another thing that I also implement with my, um, with my coaching style, and you guys said it the best. It's a simple phrase, but creating a healthy relationship with food. Like I've been using that. I kind of stole some of your guys' stuff. That is huge, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to help you diet for your for your show or just to get in shape. But most importantly, you need to create a healthy relationship with food. You cannot just go strict, 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 because guess what's going to happen when this goal of yours is over? You're going to turn to shit and you may even get worse than ever. And you may even never bounce back. There may be a certain part of your brain. And, and as I, I, I've, looked into it. There's some studies that said there's a certain part that certain eating disorders can become permanent to a certain degree. So it's scary, man. You don't want to just completely deprive yourself all the way through to make a certain goal, not be mindful while you're doing it about, you know, what you're doing and how strict you're being and the, the ultimately poor relationship you have with food. Even though you're eating healthy, you're looking great. You may be developing the worst habits and, and a bad relationship with food because once that drive is gone and the goal is away, you could be screwed, man. So you really need to implement that style of uh, education and create that help them create a relationship with food as you're coaching them to really be a successful coach and not just get results, but leave them in the in a better place mm-hmm. to where they can actually move on and maintain a healthy relationship and stay in shape. Yeah, the big difference between the two is uh, the, the you know the motivation behind it. Uh, if, if if people who tend to be successful long long term. They found ways to enjoy the process. Totally. People who are very accessible but in the short term, they have an external motivation. So it's a it's either a contest. I we see look, I see this with clients. Forget physique and bodybuilding and bikini and all that. I had clients that would sign up for half marathon after half marathon after event after event because had they if they didn't have those events, they just couldn't be motivated to work out. Um, or I'd get clients who were ex athletes, you know, I was a collegiate level, you know soccer player or whatever and now they're super obese because their 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 relationship with food and exercise was to win this particular sport and competition right. well what happens when that's gone yeah you lose it you lose it and then you don't have that intrinsic internal you know gauge that motivation that enjoying the process that's going on that keeps things going long term yeah. and what you went through might have been a blessing right cuz at some point you're going to stop competing it just taught me and and i was scared i was scared going into a couple of them like fuck man i know when this is over like i i really got a little bit freaked out um after i kind of went through a crazy cut and then mm-hmm. i um went on a, you know little mini off season i know i'm about to do a show again i was a little bit worried i was like dude how are you going to be able to like and one thing for me uh, as shitty as it may sound i i like the way i look man i like to and i'm okay with admitting look just if if you want to make sure you just always look good this has to be a part of it. So I want to make sure I look good at all times. I don't have to be like competition ready, but I want to be in shape. That's what I've been my whole life. So, you know, I have to be very mindful of that. I have to be very, very mindful about what I'm putting in my body. 
Um, and you got to find everyone's different. So you got to find your own reasons that are realistic that you can implement in your daily lifestyle on why you feel like this is worth it to keep going and avoid that meal and skip this one and whatever it may be. Because if you don't have that reason, not like a, a goal uh, for a show or something, but just a daily reason on why you have to have self-discipline, why you got to get up and do the work or maybe avoid those cheap meals. If you don't create that reason that you can implement into your daily lifestyle, you will never be able to maintain a healthy physique because it's going to be very difficult for a lot of people. I mean, I'm not going to say never, but it's going to be very difficult to really maintain a certain level of body fat. I mean, I, I really, I was telling you guys earlier, I got spreadsheets for all my calories and stuff. And like, man, the calorie budget, if everyone knew the actual calorie budget that they were allowed to have before they get into the place where they're adding fat to their body, and then you add add that with learning what calories are when you eat them. Most people don't know what the hell they're eating. You tell them, you know, how much is a slice of pizza? And they'll, they'll say like you know, a couple hundred calories when it could be 500 calories, who knows? It's like, it's so goddamn easy to go over your budget and get fat. It's just, and people don't realize that. So to be very consciously aware, so you can just kind of like you guys always say, just intuitively eat, but also keep it in the right place. That is huge. And you need to get to that level in order to maintain a good physique, whether you have some health show or some goal ahead of you. And that seems like the only way you can have longevity with it. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk training for a second. You've obviously been working out for a very, very long time, but then you had shoulder issues. Uh likely the result of the years of training or maybe the abuse on your body, right? Totally. Uh, you seem to be very motivated by how much you could lift, how strong you are, how you looked. Has your training changed at all now? Are you focused more on things like mobility and range of motion to avoid future issues or do you, are you going back to... No, 100%. Uh, I got to be honest, I could be better at it, but I do have a, um, a rehab, um, like a sports medicine therapist that I go to, you know, and I, and I pay him for it. It's worth it. I encourage all my clients to... Um, stretching, uh, mobility exercises. I mean, nothing. I mean, I especially listening to you guys. I gotta admit, I'm like, fuck, I gotta do more of this, you know? Because we all we all feel like our life is so busy, and you spend a couple hours in the gym or an hour and a half, and you want you want to leave. It's like, do you gotta stay there and do the proper, you know, cool down stuff? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's huge. I've definitely altered certain things. I always I always think in my mind risk and reward. You know, like you know, what is this extra workout gonna do, or this type of workout gonna do? Um, that's going to benefit you versus the risk you're taking, things like that. I don't go as heavy as I used to. I used to bench four plates. I was 168 pounds. Damn. Um, and that was like my passion, you know, growing up. I was like, I want to bench four plates. My brother did four plates. And he was always – my brother has the – in high school, he benched to 335. And I wanted to beat the record. I ended up benching 340. Um, so we were right there. I mean, and if, if his record was 345, I probably would have tried to get that. So – we were always into that. That's what started me off. Just I had a weird passion for benching. Mm -hmm. But now it's not like that. Now it's more like, you know, what's going to keep me healthy? And uh, the mobility aspect of it is huge. Like all my clients and friends, I'm like, dude, if you don't stretch, if you don't do, um, like, if you even priming yourself, like you guys mentioned mm -hmm. before your workouts, um, it, it's going to just affect your entire workout altogether. It's going to eventually take you out of the game, and you're not going to be able to do this. So the approach I have now is definitely shifted towards making sure that longevity. Mm. Uh, well, I would do you love do a lot of compound lifts and you know backloaded squats and deadlifts as well in your routine. I or? do, I do. Generally, the way I do mine is the first workout of every uh, every muscle group I do. Um, well, it's I, I kind of have a weird split, man. It was it took a long time for me to get away from 
seven day a week split because it feels so comfortable, right? Mondays, chest, Tuesdays, mm-hmm. this, every it's easy. So now I do actually mine in nine days. It takes nine days for me to go around my entire split. So mm. it's always different. Um, but I, out of those nine days, I'm doing chest, for example, chest and shoulders areas I would only bring up. I do it three times within nine days. So every 72 hours, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting that. Mm. One of those nine, one of those um, of days will be uh, focused on the heaviest one of all. And then, like, for example, the first chest day, I go the heaviest there, and I'll, I'll do some low reps on the bench press. Um, the second one, I do shoulders first. I'll do uh, heavier on the military press. And then my secondary is chest that day, so I'll do a little bit lighter weight on the chest workout. And then on the third day, I go back to chest because, again, that's muscle, men's physique. They really want you to bring that out. But, again, that's a nine-day across nine days, and then I focus on um, – like, you know, chest again on the decline. I do flat bench on the second one, incline bench on the third chest day, decline bench to hit all three. I like to start all my work with the compounds and then I move forward to different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Everything starts with the compound. You'll, you'll notice this with guys who've been lifting yeah, naturally sense. for a long time mm-hmm. is they uh, understand the programming yeah, right. on a much deeper level. Yeah, yeah, no, More connected to that You process. just don't get That's away with getting, as much. Yeah, trying to get it's out. It's a very smart strategy and it's it would uh, we'll have to, when you leave here, we'll have to shoot black over for you so you have it because it's- Maps aesthetic. It, yeah, or, maps aesthetic prime was- for sure was uh, inspired for inspired by how I get ready for a show and it's the the way you're overloading the body is similar and and it's actually built in for you to have the way I did it was I was like okay like every time I would go to a show I would get feedback right from judges or my peers I'd be like hey you know Adam you could bring your chest up upper a chest bit. yeah yeah exactly. yeah right they would give me my <laughs> so then when I'd go back to my programming I would actually program the weak body parts into my system and so we actually maps black actually teaches people how to do that so like if you have lagging body parts it teaches you how to you can you either pick one or two so we allow you to pick one or two at a time to really focus on develop and then you can build on top of that later on but it teaches people how to program yeah i want to pick more of you guys's brain with that because um just listening to you guys and the programming is is so huge and i feel like everyone has that so wrong and your guys' approach on focusing on programming and proper programming is like probably one of the biggest missed opportunity areas that I think most people are are not taking advantage of today. And the fact that you guys are going after that, I mean, that's when I was really getting hooked on you guys. And I want to, um, and I even altered it a little bit. I was doing a little bit less frequency um, across the board of all my workouts until I started listening to you guys and that kind of manipulated a lot of what I'm doing um, based upon literally listening to you guys. And I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. I bet that was a difference already just by taking a little bit of that. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I have a few buddies that, um, that I've like, Hey, you know, these are kind of like more workout partners. Everybody's noticing gains difference. You know, everybody makes a huge difference. No, it makes a massive. I can't see. Here's what I want to see. I I have been waiting for an opportunity and I, I cannot wait to see, Someone like yourself with your kind of genetics who competes at your level, who's in tune with his body, how much better they can look and move by implementing proper priming and mobility. Because those are two areas that people completely dismiss. And they think, and when they think in terms of mobility, they think in terms of injury prevention. But there's so much more to that. Yeah, you, you do definitely prevent injury, but that's the least it does. Like If you prime and, and, and utilize mobility properly, what you'll notice is better aesthetics. Your body will develop differently and better. Um, posture will look different. You'll move differently. Your, your lifts will feel different. You'll get more out of your compound lifts. So, you know, while you're benching and deadlifting and squatting and overhead pressing, all of a sudden you feel connected differently. Like it 100%. makes a difference on the aesthetic on the aesthetic tip as well. So I can't wait to see. Even you guys mentioned um, doing some, um, like if you're going to do bench 
and you want to get the retracted to go do some rows first. Yes. Right. Yeah, very basic. To do some ru- rubber band just to get your kind of nat- central nervous system yeah. going, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I've implemented that stuff. And right away, man, I feel right away. I mean, you can just get into that position of the bench press after you've done a few a few um, rows, just on a cable row, whatever it may be, just to kind of get your, your back kind of keeping you in that perfect posture. So right when you get on the bench, I mean, right away, I, I was able to notice that. You know, I just go straight into my lifts with so much more structure and power. And it definitely, I can see the connection on how it's going to lead to a better lift, which is ultimately lead to a better workout, which will ultimately lead to better aesthetics. And exactly. that's just one small piece that I'm taking. I mean, uh, yeah, man. So that's why right away, I mean, when I listened to you guys, I was like, dude, these guys are the real deal. And that's why when I reached out to you, I was like, man, I got to tell you, I've been working out for a long ass time. And at my level... Not to be like, oh, it's my level. I'm not trying to be whatever. But yeah, but, you are, but, you are, yeah, but guys, yeah. you're, you're, okay. guys at your level don't get to see big differences in our work. Exactly. We put, yeah. We've we've already manipulated so much exactly. Exactly. that, you know, it's 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 rare that you're going to meet someone. Someone's going to say, hey, bro, go try this exercise. And then you come back next week and you're like, holy shit, my yeah. chest is going. You know, it doesn't happen. No, it's it like, doesn't happen anymore. And I feel like I'm reaching my damn ceiling naturally. So I'm like, man, if. I'm implementing this stuff for just, you know, a few weeks and I'm totally noticing a difference. I love my workouts better. I'm not leaving sore shit every time. And my buddies, um, I don't want to go off the other top, but my buddies are like, ah, we should do a little bit more. I was like, bro, look, hey, these guys gave me the warning and I'm going to go with it. The fucking hardest thing to do. And I want to do a little bit more. Of course. Of course. I want to do a little more. too. I want to do another set, another workout. I get it. I don't feel the craziest as burn right now. It's like, dude, just fucking, you got to learn to walk away from that. You don't have to kill yourself every fucking time. The signal has been sent. Maturity. The (laughs) The (laughs) one-liners. The signal has been sent, and that's good enough. You're going to be back here doing it again shortly because we upped our frequency. Don't worry about killing yourself every time because it's going to take away from the next one anyways. Let's talk about that, though, because... Um, and this is why, you know, I, when I get on here, I speak so passionately. It's not because I'm pointing fingers at people. It's because I fucking know how hard it was for me. Dude, we all were like that. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. of us were stuck in that boat. When you, cause you, and, I bl- and this is where I blame the industry. This is where I blame the fucking industry. I know I pick on them all the time, but it's like we this beast mode and everything that was taught to us. I remember being a trainer for so many years, you know, so intensity driven. And when I would look at somebody, even as a trainer, and think why this guy and this guy couldn't quite get as far as this guy. It was because he did, they didn't want it enough. They didn't work hard enough. They didn't put enough discipline, enough hard work in. And that was always my mentality. But you it, equated intensity to hard work. Yes. It was, all, <laughs> it was always that way. Or, or even discipline. It all mattered that, right? Like everything was connected to intensity mm-hmm. and that feeling because it just made sense to me. Because in my head... It was always about this, this breaking down process of muscle. Like we we break down, and if I could break down more, that means I could potentially build more muscle. Yep. And so that's the way we think. And to get out of that, even when you start to know better, Dude, it's so hard to get out. Right? It's so fucking hard to get out. And and I've been having to tell one of my friends, Alex. I know he's gonna be listening. He keeps wanting to do more. I'm like, dude, you don't need to do more, bro. Like we've done enough. I mean, I and I have I already do a lot. To be honest with you, man. I I mean, I was doing like. When I was getting up to my bench as high as it was, I'd literally be benching for like, I mean, there's a lot of rest, but like over an hour, <laughs> just benching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do like over 10 sets, 15 sets on the bench, and then I'd go do my chest workout. I, I, I don't do that anymore because I'm not trying to do what I was. But the amount of sets and volume that you need to do per week, um, like you guys said, just dividing it and having more frequency, I mean, it just makes more sense. And what I actually like more about it is because I was doing a little bit more strength lifting um, on my short little off season to try to get, develop strength, and I actually feel like 
there's a much better place even for when you start going on a calorie deficit and dieting. I feel like that's when it really can help because the key, right, as you guys mentioned all the time, is to try and keep your body in an anabolic state as much as possible, right? It's it's very uh, important to make sure you're always anabolic at a high level as much as possible. So, yeah, you get the powerlifting done out of the way if you're in an off-season. A lot of people do that, and, and I got some strength back. But now that I'm about to drop to a calorie deficit, and I know I'm going to be in a, um, you know, my body's going to probably, you know, be in protein synthesis a little bit less because it shuts down quicker when you're not even giving the food it needs, things like that. Uh, I feel like the frequency change during prep more, more so even is even more important because now that you're making it more difficult by being in a calorie deficit by default, it's going to be much more difficult to have an anabolic state body. There's other things that you need to do in order to continuously send signals to be in an anabolic state. And I think frequency is probably one of the major manipulators you can do. Oh, my God. It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the key ones. I mean, free, look, I'll tell you something. I learned this as a trainer. when I, I train so many people, right? And I get anybody, deconditioned. Someone deconditioned will come and see me. Totally out of shape. If I train them really hard in one hour, I could really fuck them up. I could yeah. really hurt somebody. Yeah. But I can have them do a little bit of something today, and I could do that every day with them, even if they're super deconditioned and they would get stronger and more fit. And so I realized that even like, hmm, here's some deconditioned individuals that respond very quickly to small bouts of frequency, and I could easily kill them with one session. I wonder if this, and of course you could scale it to more advanced you know, lifters. I wonder if this principle applies. And if you look at all the systems of adaptation, they all work this way. You want to get a tan, you do better if you get a little bit of sun every day versus just getting fried one day. If you want to learn a subject, you're better reading some of it every single day versus just hammering it one day. You want to learn a new language, you immerse yourself in it so you're exposed to it frequently. The body works this way. It's just, it's just the way it adapts. Here's what's going to happen and here's what uh, I'm excited for for you because talking to you, you're obviously an intelligent guy. Thank so you're, you. you're a smart guy. Uh, you seem to be pretty self-aware and you're able to be objective. Uh, you've, you've already displayed that when you talked about when you had your shoulder surgery and how you identified like this is a food addiction and now I'm binging and I can't control it. And most people don't even make that connection. They just think, oh, I'm off season and now I'm on season. So you've already understood that. What is crazy is how insidious uh, some of these dogmas of fitness are in our minds. So insidious that even if you're self-aware, you don't realize how brainwashed you are about them until you finally break free from a few of them. So for example, right now you're, you're noticing that, hold on a second, if I don't hammer myself and I train a little more frequently, my body's going to respond more. You're going to start questioning more shit now. Watch what happens yeah. with your, you're going to start learning. You're really going to, oh, it yeah. becomes even more and more intuitive with your training to where you start to identify these things and you start to break all the rules where you start to look at things and say, wait a minute. Eating seven times a day, if I just eat four, I seem to feel better. Or if I don't go to failure, I do better. Now, my protein intake before was two grams a pound, you know, per pound. Now I'm at one, and I'm feeling better, and I seem to be building more muscle. My digestion is better. You'll start to throw so many of the other things out and really figure out what works well 100%. for your body because you, just, because you realized that there was a dogma there. And that happened to all of us. It took me yeah, years, dude. I know, man. It took me the longest time. I feel time. bad. Like you guys said, I feel bad because... You know, I, I've given some advice that it wasn't bad advice, especially compared to some of the clients I was dealing with. But it wasn't the same advice I give today. And I was just, you know, 
as you grow, you realize, ooh, I was telling that guy to kind of do the wrong shit. <laughs> we all did, though. I mean, yeah. I think that's You what... guys made me feel more comfortable admitting that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that to me, yeah, I think that, to me, that's the most important part. And that's the part that also frustrates me. It's okay. I'm not here trying to say that I know way more than this guy or I'm smarter than all these people. No. What I'm saying is I've learned a lot, man. I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. I sent probably a lot of people in the right direction. I probably sent a lot of people in the wrong direction. And what I do know is that, you know, I'm, I'm better today than I was yesterday and I'm going to continue to grow and learn and I'm going to continue to share the information that I have and I'm going to continue to present it as best I can. And I think we just, I think being honest like that and, and sharing that with people, um, I think that's the, that's the best we can do right because 100 you know there's a good chance in a year from now yeah. more science is going to evolve that exactly proves what something what that we we're said saying is, today is wrong right? yeah, yeah i mean we just i mean before you got here we were discussing um you know aldoa aldoa came in here and what we know about uh fascia now in comparison to what we knew about it uh 10 years ago uh even two even even two years ago yeah mm. as far as like for example as trainers like we've told so many people to foam roll over years and and what it was doing and actually our terminology and what we talked about formally is completely wrong it's not breaking up these adhesions and your yeah. like but that myofascial release yeah. yeah so what we know what we're learning about this and it's so i think the, the point of me saying that is that you know that's going to happen and when it does you know that hey i share it and i you know i didn't say this was the end all be all this is the information that was presented to us at the time and this is how we are using it. Now we know better. We have, we know more information about it. So, yeah, I think that's cool that you're somebody. There's not a lot of guys that are like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like that 100%. I mean, like you said before, I mean, there's a lot of things that we're advising today and it sounds solid, but who knows? In one year, you may say, hey, that was actually incorrect. So, but yeah, I mean, just I wanted to finish going back to what I was saying with you guys earlier just because it really gives a credit to you guys. And, and, and I just, man, to find somebody that could really give you guys, give me, um, any kind of advice that is going to allow me to notice pretty good level, a pretty good level of gains at this stage of my fitness. You know, I've been training for 20 years. It's so hard to find something that's going to be like, man, now I notice a huge difference. Um, but just listening to you guys, um, implementing with the frequency alone, um, a lot of the mobility, a lot of the priming, I mean, just a few of the things I put together, it's like, wow, man, this is like the kind of shit that you can expect to get a jump in your results when you are early on in your training. You don't find that kind of stuff when you're 15, 10, 15, 20 years deep into training. But the message that you guys are delivering, um, and I've only you know seen certain things in your mask, but I've done a lot of looks, a lot of looking online, uh, uh, just your guys' message overall. I feel like the people that really you know follow your guys' program are just skipping so many years of steps and going straight to some pretty solid shit. Man. That's why we have. Fanatics. I got to give you guys props on that. That's why we have. Yeah, thanks for saying. It's yeah. hard to find. It's, I mean, yeah, I've been twenty years. It's just. It's you don't find something that's going to be like, oh, this is the new thing that's going to get me a huge result. Hmm. This is. Uh, what, have you messed around with that's trigger awesome. sessions yet? Not as much as I'd like to. I wanted to pick your guys' brains on that. Not as much as I'd like to. I, you know what? You know what? I fucking failed miserably with your compass. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was at my house. We designed like, that do, to happen. Dude. Doing Don't shit, and I was like, you can't keep the broomstick from falling. And yeah, I'm like doing this. I'm like, God damn it, man! I brought it to my therapist. I'm like, Hey, dude, you need to help me with some of this shit because he's like, he's been working with me for all my shoulder sur- yeah. surgeries, everything. He's not like a chiropractor that just cracks and racks you. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of good stuff. I'm like, dude, I need to focus on this way more. 
But uh, yeah, you guys are inspiring me to do that more because I know I'm missing that compartment a little bit. Yeah, well. trigger trigger sessions. I'd I'd love to see how your body responds with just utilizing a little bit because you're obviously already training quite a bit. You're doing uh, more, and he's also programming pretty damn solid. Yeah, you're too, programming from, just from what he's saying right now. I can hear. Yeah, so yeah. I would I would throw it in here and there just to mess with it a little bit, just to see how your body I, responds. I 100 want my goal was at the end. I want to talk more about trigger sessions with these guys and get a little more feedback because I'm going to take that to the to the. Uh, the lab the gym right <laughs> yeah. afterwards because yeah man you guys have some solid information dude i was a fan of your guys' stuff immediately just because like i said i've been in this industry for a long time not just the competing but and just fitness myself and it's really hard to come across you know genuine people that really know what they're talking about that are, are just you know non-biased just put out what what works and i think you guys are killing it in that department man. now when you when you look at um bodybuilding and competing and your whole experience with it what are your what are your favorite things about it and what are your least favorite things that you've had to deal with the whole, the whole process um favorite things man i just love the idea that like you know you can always improve man i mean i started off and i look at pictures when i thought it looked amazing back then but the discipline level the motivation level the things that you acquire when you're competing really teach you a lot about yourself um, last year I got to the Olympia, I was in the fourth call out group, which puts me at like what, top 20 in the world for it. Uh, being all natural, that's huge. But now I've got a goal. I want to get top 15, top 10. Um, and, and just the passion, the motivation that you acquire, um, from competing. I love that. I love it. Uh, the downside is, you know, I mean, this lifestyle change is pretty brutal, man. It ain't for everybody. You can't, I mean, I can't go out with my friends the same way I used to, especially because, you know, they want to go drink or do this. If I'm going to go somewhere six, seven hours, I'm not going to bring my food and pull it out. So you got to kind of put that at bay. So there's a lot of things that you really got to just sacrifice in your lifestyle. And that's not the funnest part. But at the same time, the good side of that is when you do get the victory or even you just look at your best, you always feel good about it. But it's just not easy, dude. This stuff is... I remember I always go through almost, not really, but a couple of days of like depression almost a couple of days before I start prep because I'm like, fuck, my life's about to change, dude. My life is about <laughs> to change. Like, you know, I can't do anything anymore. Such a, such a selfish sport, right? The worst. I feel bad for my girlfriend, man. She's so supportive, awesome. I love her in every way. So I know she's been listening to this too. So you, no, I got to yeah, say that. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shout out. Yeah, I shout out for her yeah. and give her, cause shout here's the deal. Patricia. She's the best man. Before, <laughs> before Katrina and I were together, I, uh, I dated a girl who competed and I had, at this time I'd never competed in my life and I'll, and she went all the way to USA's. She stopped after that. So she never went pro, but she was, she was getting into it. She's got a, she had a great physique. And I remember being with her for those two years and man, for a guy who was a trainer and into fitness, I couldn't believe what an asshole I was to her, you know, because I, I, because I, what it was doing to the relationship, because I was, I was so annoyed that everywhere we went, you know, it was like, you know, I had to call the waiter over and make sure this. And like, I mean, literally sending food back all the time, be embarrassing. Like, oh, yeah. friends want to go out to do something. And it's like, I can't because my girl just fucking can't eat that. Or and I remember telling her, that, you know, I want to know like how much of these shows you really want to do because this ain't me. I don't want to do this. And this was before I ever competed. Wow. So I remember what it did to our relationship and how, you know, irritable I was not even being the one competing, just dealing with the one who was competing uh, on the relationship. And I think the most she ever did was three shows in one in one year. And I've actually done, I think four in one year was the most I did. Wow. And I, I remember like that was really important that I went through that 
because I know what I put Katrina through and I realized like what a rock solid girl she was to hang with me because it is, it's unbelievably selfish the worst. and you do, you really deprive your partner of a, a normal life, especially if you're at the level you're at. Like when you're trying, like to just do a show and say, hey, prove to yourself. Can I do a show? Like, okay, then we're not talking about that. We're talking about someone who has made this, you got uh, a spreadsheet. Yeah. You, you know, exa- you know your ounces of water, you know, oh, dude, how yeah. many grams of, you know, if you look, chicken. I, I'll show you guys before I leave. Like, I put a spreadsheet of, like, my AMP, uh, my weight in the morning, my weight at night. This is my protein, carbs, fat, cardio. I, I mean, I just dialed every little thing. I'm huge on spreadsheets, man. I just, I just, I, I love data. Even my, um, I, I track my weight every day. And I'm tracking it. Okay, when I was this much weight, my waist was this much. My arms are still this many inches. And I did a body fat test, two of them. I'm doing another one Tuesday in, in a water dunk. I know mm-hmm. nothing's super accurate, but it is what it is. You can see the trends at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, yeah. I started off at 12% at the beginning of my prep, which I think is a good place to be to top out at. I didn't want to be heavier than 12%. I lost to 8% body fat. Um, I think it was in like six weeks or so, five, six weeks. And uh, eight and a half pounds, it was nine pounds total, but eight and a half pounds of the nine came directly from fat. That's oh, not well, bad at all, the, man. The lady was like, bro, you, that is dialed like, in. That's a late, that's a late. That is you dialed. Are fucking dialed. That's you are dialed everything in. from fat. But I, I was hoping it was, I was going to supposed to go yesterday, but to reschedule. God, to do that natural. That's just, can we yeah. pause for a second? Because <laughs> I'm a tracker. Let me tell you, I'm all into that. And I am spreadsheet guy, watch everything the same way. And I was using testosterone and stuff. So to be able to do that naturally and hang on to that muscle, give or take. Who cares? I lost that half a pound, but I was I was I mean, happy with that. Yeah, that's half a pound out of almost ten. That's, and that's within the that's within the margin of error. It could have been no. Yeah, you yeah lost no yeah. muscle. Exactly right. I mean that. I mean, pat yourself on the back on that one because that's fucking. That's no joke right there to do that all naturally. And I like feel that. like part of it. I swear it was this fucking frequency shit, man. Because I feel like I like mm. you said. Even though you're you're not going to be as in an anabolic state consistently when you're in a um, deficit versus a surplus. Sure. Bottom line, right? But when you start going to a deficit and it's a lot harder to kind of maintain an anabolic state, there's other things that you can do to kind of cater towards that. And I, for a fact, feel like the frequency of my training, um, somewhat of trigger sessions, not the same way you guys do, but there's certain things I do in between as well. I just know for a fact they just kept kept sending signals like, hey, we need this. Keep Keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. That mixed with obviously the proper diet, the certain type of cardio that I'm doing. I'm not doing too much crazy cardio. It's all combined, but I know that has part to do with now, it. Now, have you lost a lot of strength during this period, or have you kept more of it than normal? Um, well, I was doing – I never got too, too, too heavy uh, this time around. Um, I was I, – I got up to bench in three plates four times at like 160. Uh, 160, I was uh, almost 170 at that point, so mm-hmm. 170. And then 275 about 10 times. Right now, I am – I like – eight or nine times of 275 that's my marker i'm using 275 oh, okay. as my marker like can keep this thing at eight as you get down and you're good so right now i'm probably you know six seven pounds away from my stage weight and i'm still able to do it probably on a good day i can get 10 but eight to ten times now and what a really good smart strategy to kind of give yourself one feet, metric to give the your, compound yeah. it's the, the no compound. it's a great that's a great strategy people should take something from that that you know the to you pick something like that as a marker because I mean, you and I both know that a big mistake you see a lot of these competitors make is one extreme to the next, right? They're, they're in bulk season, ah, eat everything, train oh, yeah. hella heavy and hard. Then they go to cut two hours of cardio every day, you know, super setting everything. And then they drop. Yeah. And then Fucking you have worst. to know that they're losing a ton of muscle mass in time and overtraining way more than they need to. So using something like that as a marker to give your, give yourself feedback 
on, oh, I'm, I'm probably cutting a little too hard, huh? or I'm not cutting, cutting too hard much enough. cardio, uh, you know, whatever it may be. So there's the Smart. squats, yeah. there's the military press for shoulders. I do the straight barbell for, uh, for biceps, skull crushers for triceps, and obviously bench press for uh, my chest. Those are all the main upper body and, and lower muscle groups. Those are the markers that I track, and I tracked them during the off-season. They got high, and I said, dude, Keep these fucking numbers just on the first workout. After that, you know, don't go lightweight, high rep, have fun, but just you don't have to be so tracking on everything. But the first compound major workout that you feel you get the best strength and size results from, get those things as high as you can. And once you start cutting, track the shit out of that and make sure you try your best to keep the weight at those ranges. Mm. And that's why sometimes when I'll implement refeed days, if I'm finding myself a little bit of flat, and um, I want to make sure tomorrow's chest day and I want to get a good chest day because I need the intensity to kind of keep myself entertaining those high levels of, of, of strength on at least the main compound of the chest workout, the bench workout. Then I may do a refeed day for it if I feel like I need it and my Smart. condition can afford it. So those are the kind of things that I do mm-hmm. just to make sure that I'm keeping because if I can get down, you know, five below 5% body fat and keep close to my off-season strengths, which is obviously going to be a little less, but as close as possible, you know you're doing your shit right. You know, you're not just mm-hmm. dropping weight because you're doing low weight, high reps, the worst thing anyone can do in the world when they're trying to cut. Yeah. Right? <laughs> everybody yeah. does. Everybody does. Yeah, right? And I tell people, I'm like, dude, look, your body's trying to adapt, right? You're now giving it less calories than it wants. So all it wants to do is find ways to burn shit off to be more efficient. Muscle is in a hell of an expensive tissue to maintain. So now you're going to just lighten the load. So what's the first thing your muscle is going to think? Well, fuck, we don't need that anymore. Let's Ex- get rid of it. Excellent <laughs> yeah, point. That's a great you know? point. Yeah, very, I mean, and just yeah. changing the adaptations, right? Just changing the, the, the way you train consistently so your body continues to totally. adapt but you know people forget that strength is such a good measure of uh, mm-hmm. you know how effective your workout is going especially when it's all about how you look we forget about you know strength 100% but that's one of the factors you know then you have mm. mobility you have connectivity you have range of motion just like now you've discovered frequency and you've seen that this is like this amazing uh, tool that you can manipulate and play 100%. with you start looking at all these other things and you realize that uh, how exercise programming can be so dialed in and makes such a big difference. It's uh, everything, man. It's, it, it becomes everything. I mean, diet is, is is obviously complicated for the fat loss aspect. You get help with that. But that's kind of like everyone knows that. But the programming is probably one of the biggest area of opportunities that I feel that most people are just completely missing the boat on. Um, I just saw a meme today on the way here. And um, it's like, oh, it's... it's um, your legs are so sore from doing leg days and it's been so sore for six days. And then you realize it's time to do legs again. I was like, why do you got to wait six days before you do legs again, man? And why are you sore for a week? And why are you sore for a week, dude? Like, is it your first day back after a year it's or the culture, man? I wish that that's, wasn't so common. That's but, the culture. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just, it's just a total wrong message to a lot of people, but you know, I guess that's what makes you guys have such a valuable podcast, right? Excellent, man. We appreciate it. So yeah. uh, thanks for coming, brother. Yeah, yeah man. It's been dude, a lot it was of fun. A pleasure. Hell yeah. I think what we'll do after we'll turn these off, we'll go over some of those. Uh, you had some questions on trigger sessions and stuff. We'll yeah, hell yeah, that. dude. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, I'm going um, to keep listening and uh, yeah, keep doing what you do, man. Thank you. Hey, listen, thanks for listening to Mind Pump. If you like our show, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t shirt. Also, Go to YouTube, Mind Pump TV. We post a new video every single day. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. 
The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.